Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and uh, this guy. Me, Santa Claus, before he, he's just waiting, he's wearing his undershirt before he puts on the full robe. Jason Smith, who's running out of uh, time to make Christmas jokes. I know, but I got I get a couple more. Not quite. I, yeah. I, still get, I, I still have two more shopping days till I'm done with Christmas jokes. So long as you're not that person who's like, see you next year. Oh, no. Uh, see you next year. I, I, case of the Mondays. See you next year, person. No, no, not at all. Like those are those jokes I don't make. I will do. Uh, you know, every once in a while we'll get a little, but otherwise nothing. Nothing. No, those jokes <laughs> don't play with it. Right. And and by the way, it is hump day. It is hump. Hump day. Yeah. I like that. I like that little voice, <laughs> voice sample. That's not bad. It, it's kind of like my internal model. <laughs> I was just thinking, I was listening to our opening music, um, you know, just thinking about that's, uh, that's our new, uh, our new amazing, uh, editor, uh, and, uh, producer, kind of our editor producer side, not that Scott uh, being more of our like co- content producer, mm-hmm. but our editor and kind of a uh, technical producer, Kyle. Yeah. And he wrote that, like, he just like, Hey, I got this song. I want to use it for you. So he like, he, he, he made that for us. It's so good. And the ending, I actually thought it was sex ninja. <laughs> oh, ninja sex, sex, party. sex party. Ninja yeah. sex party. I yeah. thought they did it for us. That's how yeah. good it is. No, and, there's uh, a beautiful like young man named Kyle McGraw. Yeah. I met some of the band. Like oh, they yeah. called me. He's like, how do you like it? He's like, dude, first of all, thank you. And second of all, awesome. <laughs> it's Third great. of all, if you're listening to this editing right now, get back to work. Stop listening. <laughs> yeah. But by the way, it's awesome. I love. Look, I loved our first one. This just seems much more fitting now that we're in the next round of yeah. whatever this is, right? That's right. That's so right. So what, what are we, Jason? Tell me what we are. What? Oh, we're the podcast that, uh, you know, like has an opinion about everything and we want to share it. We, we watch shows and we tell you about all the shows we love and we want you to love. Yeah, and we tell you all about the streaming wars, what to stream, where to stream it. And uh, Jason... We do have an opinion about a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, we're the ones that aren't afraid to share your, our opinions and let you know that. Uh, you no, know, and and I still can't get anybody to defend Tenet for me, so we'll we'll get into that later. We keep waiting for anyone, Ken. It sucks. We keep waiting for anyone to come and tell us that there's a reason that we can look at Tenet differently. No, nope, not yet. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. So so now, I got to tell you, and and I know we only have a few minutes, but this is this is something. People are. I hear this thing that's going on. People are traveling. Because they're saying there's good deals. I, I, okay, I don't understand that at all. I think you're you're a schmuck if you're traveling. The only way someone should be traveling right now mm-hmm. is by watching the flight attendant. Oh yeah, you can yeah. Go travel where you need to go. I, I agree with you. Travel via via the 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 magic picture box on your screen that is has pre-recorded all these pieces. Yeah, especially for right now. You know, next year let's all go to Cabo. I will what? take all of you to Cabo. All no, of our stuck at homies will go. Oh. We'll go to Cabo together. Is, we'll get a little place. We'll. I don't golf, but I'll try. Like a, we'll, we'll we'll set a tee time at least. I'll meet you at the 19th uh, hole. Well, I'll go. We'll just do it, Stug of homies. You but this year, the eggnog early, didn't you? Flight attendant. Travel Listen. the world in the safety of your own television. Okay. Okay. Ho, so ho, that, ho. Listen. Listen. Oh. I think oh, it's the only way oh. to go. And I'm telling you, and, and I, by the way, you're not going to see Rome or uh, Bangkok or anywhere else in the same way you're seeing it on the show. 
Yeah. I'm telling you right now, you're going to get first class all the way in the flight attendant. She works in the first class section. She's going to five-star hotels. Everything you're seeing everywhere she is is much doper than the trip I would probably take. <laughs> That's right. Damn right. Okay, so That's should right. we not waste any more time and, and get this legend on here? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, okay, so our guest today, we're very, very pleased with ourselves to announce. <laughs> Almost too much. We have a gentleman today, um, three times nominated for Emmys. He's been nominated for BMI and ASCAP Awards. This guy has done, he's got like 75 overall film credits, 65 overall TV credits. He has scored everything from, I mean, I can't tell, like The Arrow and uh, the movie Greyhound with Tom Hanks, and he did Everwood. Uh, and most importantly, The Flight Attendant, which is now on HBO Max. So without any further ado, so we could just get into this, ladies and gentlemen, Blake Neely. Yeah. You coming on? Yeah. Hey, Blake. Up, guys? How you doing? Nice to see you. Gone. He disappears during this I time. I kicked him off. It just <laughs> makes it easier. My face is too much. Look, I can only do half a face and really fit. He's got the biggest head ever, literally. He's like Sexy Sax Man. He just pops on and bombs and then pops off. Sexy Sax Man. Sexy See, this sex is what... I had him at our holiday party this year. <laughs> this is why I love talking to musicians. Okay, Blake, first of all, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. I am Thanks a very, very, very big fan. Oh, it was our pleasure. We were thrilled when we heard that you were coming on. And that being said, I, I just want to jump into this, like if you don't mind, because... I love everything you do, and I really just want to ask you, first of all, is it true that there's no instrumentation at all other than percussion in this show? It's 100% percussion. The title sequence as well is 100% percussion? Yeah, I did, I did make one cheat, but it was actually a percussive instrument that I blew through, which was a PVC pipe to get that didgeridoo sound. But that's technically percussion. I just happened to blow through it instead of hit on it. You used a PVC pipe? Yeah. Had that, was that something you came up with, or had you seen that done before? I'd seen it done before, but, I mean, there's so much stuff in there. I started looking at this um, at this score. I literally was walking around my house thinking, like, can I hit that? Can I beat that? What what will that sound like? <laughs> I played my washing machine. Uh, there's bicycle spokes. You know. Were your you kids hiding? When Were you kids open a box like that, you will run out of ideas and yet you won't run out of ideas because i was looking at the world like i played this lamp over in my corner it's really yeah knees snaps whatever you haven't run out of ideas now that, that i had a psychic once tell me that if i wanted to get my musical sound i should go to a uh, an auto mechanic and stand there all day and listen to the sounds and i would figure out what i wanted to write yeah okay so i want to go i kind of want to go jump back first because what i mean what you do overall is incredible. What you've done with this show in particular is is really, really, really something that 
you know, I want to say it's it's it reminds me of, you know, something Hans Zimmer would do, but so original. You know, it's like that new thing where you're like, oh, that's going to be used all the time in a million things. It's not just going to be on the flight attendant. So I want to go back. And I want to go back to a kid from Paris, Texas, who's sitting in the theater for Star Wars. You and I are the same age. Uh, I'm born April 14th. Oh, you just We're beat me by two weeks. That's it. 14 days apart, you and me. We. And I'm a classically trained concert pianist. Uh, so, uh, you know, wow. there's a lot that I really want to get into. So we both sat in these dark theaters in Star Wars. You connect to John Williams, mm-hmm. right? You, you see something in there. What happens in that theater that makes you, first of all, and there's a very important reason I'm asking this. Well, here's specifically, it was, of course, I connected to John Williams. He's a master, but it wasn't, that's not what I connected to. What I connected to is I was a classical nerd. I was listening to my parents' records. <clears throat> I was imitating Leonard Bernstein in front of a mirror with a, with a magic wand as a, as a wand. Pops. What I, what I connected with was, it was the first movie I had sat in. I was eight years old, like you were. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I've never heard this music before, even though it sounds like classical music. So I asked my parents and they said, oh, no, someone wrote that for the music. His name's John Williams. I'm like, that's a job? And that was the connection. It was like, wait, I could do that as a job. I could make music for movies. Now how the hell do I get out of Paris, Texas? Okay, so we're going to get there because how you got out is very interesting. Uh, but that being said, why I also wanted to ask about Star Wars and why I did bring up John Williams in particular is – for me, and, and please correct me if this is uh, not right, uh, John Williams is the guy who really thought or came up with this idea of making uh, scores for each character. Is that kind of right, you feel? Actually, it goes way back to Wagner. Yes, Wagner, this. Wagner invented the, uh, pretty much invented the leitmotif for opera, which was a character enters, Tannhäuser enters, and his theme is played. And it just became a thing. And then uh, they started using it in symphonies and then, of course, film scores. So this idea of the leitmotif, um, I mean, I'm sure it had been used by Korngold and the likes previous to John, but uh, Maestro Williams brought it back in a huge way. Huge way. Huge way. And and now I feel like when I'm watching The Flight Attendant, I'm, seeing, I'm feeling this or I'm, I'm hearing this as well. Am I off or am I correct? Do you have scores? Well, for what's interesting is Flight Attendant, I... I doesn't really have so many character themes, mm-hmm. motifs. It was more a feel thing. Everything was mm-hmm. from Cassie's perspective, with the exception of maybe Rosie's perspective. Um, uh, so we're watching so, everything we're hearing as we're going through this journey. Where the the theme the the score is taking the perspective of Cassie for the most part. But I mean, Kaylee's on the screen almost 100 percent of the time. It's crazy how much she was in this. Yeah. And she's producing. I heard her. I heard her speaking on NPR about how, um, you know, she had so many roles in this that she started referring to herself as third person. Like, you know, I'm not sure I like her makeup, and kind of made her crazy. So yeah, she was she was a massive part of this. I mean, she had to personally approve me to be on the show. I remember uh, this was a year ago. I was wow. sitting in a room with all the producers, and of course Steve and Meredith and Marcy and and Kaylee. And Greg Volanti yeah. and uh, Sarah yeah. Schechter. And and they said, what's your idea? And it's a terrifying thing to be asked in a meeting as a music maker. Mm. What's your idea for our score? And you're kind of like, you, you want me to sing it? Uh-huh. What do they expect the answer to be? Like, how do they? Well, I think, I think they really want to know, are you just going to throw music at it? Or do you have, uh, you know, because as film scores, we're storytellers, right? So I've. Yeah. 
I always bring I bring a musical idea, but I bring a, a narrative idea. And I'm just like, you know, I read the script and I loved it and I really wanted this, but I just said, well, I see Cassie as a broken child. She's an adult, but she's a broken child. And I'd love to experiment with, you know, kids' instruments and xylophones and toy pianos and things like that. And uh, and Steve Yockey said, well, I was picturing a percussive score. And I said, well, all those are percussion. And he goes, ah. And I said, so is piano. And so we like hit on this moment. And I remember Kaylee saying, I love it. And that's where it went from. But I didn't have to sing in the meeting. Yeah. No, and you didn't have to bang on anything. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, so now again, uh, going back a little, so, so you now, I want to get this right. Cause I can't, I, I can't pronounce the opera cause I don't know it. I, I think it's an opera, right? So you conducted uh Methodia for the, the London yeah. Met in Greece. Yes. So you were a conductor. You were a full on. No. <laughs> tell me about this. Okay. <laughs> so as I tell every student I've ever taught, you just never say no. Never say no. Um, and that's coming from a kid who grew up pre-internet, as you did. Yep. Paris, Texas, no real outlets. Um, just say yes. And there's always a way to, and, and I say that because now there's a way to find out how to do anything. I mean, my manager just changed his disposal under his sink from a YouTube video. So we can do anything. <laughs> we can. So I was, I was orchestrating for the great Michael Kamen, my mentor. And uh, he got a call from Vangelis uh, saying I need something orchestrated. And I sent a demo and he flew me over to Athens. I got the phone call. They're like, can you come to Athens tomorrow? And I'm thinking Athens, Georgia. Like, that's how out of it I was. <laughs> no, I flew to Athens, Georgia. I mean, Athens, <laughs> Greece. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he hands me this, this cassette tape and he says, I want you to do it. It's a 70-minute oratorio for orchestra, choir, soloist. So I spend about nine months working on it and I fly over to Greece for the rehearsals. I step off the plane and he says, Hey, I just fired my conductor. You conduct, right? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> sure do. I'm thinking there's, I can just, I, I mean, I know music. I know the score. I have, I have weeks while they're, while rehearsing, I'll, I'll learn it. Um, so yeah, there I am. I think I was 31 years old. Um, at the Temple of Zeus with a 10-piece orchestra, 200-piece choir, 30 percussionists, Vangelis in the middle, um, and and then just add to my pain Jesse Norman and Kathleen Battle, only the greatest singers in opera history. Oh, my Lord. Um, but, yeah, just don't say no. Figured it out. Right. Okay. But, you know, don't say no is one thing, and orchestrating every single part is another. Now, you went to UT, but if I understand correctly, you did not, which I find hysterical, get accepted to the music program, right? No, I didn't. Right. This is hysterical to me. So, like, for me, I went, you know, you had a lot of teachers. I was, I, I did the same thing, and then we had a little more outlet, you know, in Long Island, so I had a, uh, there were different... A little bit more. We had Manhattan. It was like 27 minutes away. And yeah. we had, you know, you win some of these different, you know, competitions. And then, uh, so I got into Juilliard Secondary School. So I at least learned somewhat how to chart and orchestrate. Whereas, did you teach yourself this? Because it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, I taught myself. And I, and I also went around and I audited when I got, 
incredible. Sorry, incredible. When I got when I got uh, uh, staunchly rejected from the music school with the most amazing kick-ass letter I've ever gotten in my life, um, <laughs> which literally is what got me here. Is like I'm going to prove them wrong. Uh, I would go around to the composition teachers and say, "Hey, I've got like, can I audit your class?" And they'd let me audit their classes. So I, I wasn't completely self-taught, right? Um, but no right. degree. But I was I was that guy. Like I found it fascinating to like score study. Uh, you know, if I liked the Mahler Symphony, I would grab the score. We had this incredible music library, which fortunately anyone could go in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd check out scores. So yeah, I was self-taught. But then I learned a hell of a lot from you know all the people I worked with before I got my own gigs and. Uh, well, my point is, it's a very long road to this first, you know, Emmy nomination for Everwood, which again is at the time it's not the CW, right? It's the WB or something. It's, WB, right? But you've been working with, and this is about relationships too. You have been working for the, you know, you talk about the Arrow and all these shows that you're you've done. You, well, you was not the same, but it is Greg Belanti, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. And so there is a great deal you'd say to developing these relationships because they are going to be more long-term. Do you find that more in the composing sector? Well, if you look at, uh, if you look at John Williams, he, he was Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, John Hughes, pretty much his entire career. Um, Mm. uh, And not to make light of any other films he's done, but Mm. you know, a loyal relationship is key because us finding that next person, that next um, collaborator. The other thing that's great with a loyal long-term thing like Greg and I have is you just develop this shorthand where he can literally say a color, you know, what are you thinking for this? Um, blue and go, I know what you mean and just go for it. Or he can say like this scene, make me cry. Okay. Whereas when you're starting off with someone new, it's long discussions, it's long and it's trust. This, this is the, this is the final part they have to get right. The music with the last invite of the party They've done everything they can, and this is one of those areas that directors don't understand is music. Um, some of them do, but all directors understand cinematography, writing, acting. They can probably lighting. Yes. But music, it's like, I know I need one more thing, and I just don't know how to do it. I, I want to trust you. But here you are. They've never met you before. They just like some tunes you've done with previous things. Uh, mm-hmm. They have that long, long collaboration for me is key. And just the, the trust is there when they walk in the door and you have a shorthand. And so that's been fantastic. So now we, we fast forward to the flight attendant, right? So many awards and nominations and scores later, and we might, we're going to jump back a little bit right now. I want to go real hard on the flight attendant that I just heard it It did not sound right. (laughs) I want to go, I'm not going to say anything. You get what I mean now. At least we're not talking about you. (laughs) I want to go real hard on you. <laughs> yeah. <I love> you, Blake. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Um, okay. So here's my first thing. And then I'm going to ask you like right off the top with the flight attendant credit sequence. Okay. To me, not, you know, not knowing, just watching it the first time. First thing I see is in the visuals, I see Berlanti, you know, the Berlanti land where comic books, where graphic, where images were coming at you. And that's kind of setting up this mind palace thing. The next thing I hear is almost like, and again, it's totally different, but this idea of Homeland, where it's like we're a serious international thriller and we're going to be grounded and taken serious. Am I, is, how was this approached? Uh, you know, in digging the credit sequence. Yeah, but, then, yeah. but then the next thing you see is rabbits. You do. There's a lot of rabbits. And then you see some seats and then you see some, uh, some women with uh, deer heads. I mean, it's, 
but it's all comic book image. What land you're about to be in? But yet, but yet, you have to say with the reds and the greens and the flashes and the art, it's very comic book or graphic novel in the art, right? Yeah, it's what's cool is uh, so I get the gig and mm-hmm. I have a long conversation with Steve Yaki, a brilliant writer, um, and he he said so you know we we're talking about percussion. And, you know, one of my great heroes is Bernard Herman. I'm like, mm-hmm. please don't ask me to write like Bernard Herman. He said, no, just like with the taste of it, because I, I want this to be a bit of a throwback. Mm-hmm. And so he sends me a couple of images that are out there and that some of them ended up in the main titles. And I said, I'm just going to try something. And I wrote this piece. It was like a three-minute piece. And I sent it to him, and it ends up that's now what the main title is. They went and so they took that piece of music and they go off and they do their crazy animations and they send it back and then we tighten it up and it don't, it's only a minute now. Yeah. Um, and so it was this really cool, cohesive thing of like there's a conversation and there's a little bit of music, there's a little bit of graphic and it goes back and forth until you have the main title that you do. And that's when people are like, oh, it, it syncs so perfectly. Well, I mean, hopefully that's what we do. But also in this case, yeah. we were literally throwing it back and forth. It does sing perfectly, but it's very interesting because you have the first meeting, you know, and, and even, you know, Berlanti, everybody trusts you. You got to meet Steve. You got to meet Kelly. You you get, you get come across this percussion only, and now you move forward. You send him a three-minute piece, and the syncing really starts to happen in, in the credits, and now you have this perfect credit sequence. I know exactly what the show is when I watch that credit sequence, which I can't say for a lot of shows, Blake. <laughs> for real. You're moving forward now. So what is the intent? You say you want it to be a throwback, but you're... Kaylee is literally in like 98% of. Well, the show. Then, then comes the interesting, uh, you know, they, they worked on, as Kaylee will say, and as Steve will say, they worked on just tone of the show for years. Uh, really? Yeah. For years. It's how, how do we get the tone right? This is a comedy. Can you push the comedy too much? There's all this alcohol, but can you, are you, are you, uh, what do you call Are you enabling alcoholism? Are you, are you, can you make a joke about her drinking too much? Does it have to be serious? where's the line that you walk? And so they were even doing it with the scenes. They were, they would shoot a scene and Kaylee would go, okay, that's the funny way. Now let's shoot the serious way. Now let's, and they figured out an editing. So tone was this amazingly difficult part of this show. If you can think about it, it's hard to remove yourself from that. Now watching and going, Oh, it's a dark comedy. But for a time it was, are we making a dark comedy? Well, I can remove myself this way by asking you this question. When they're shooting it three ways, are you seeing it and scoring it three ways? No, I'm waiting until they get the cut how they want it. Okay, so, so they're not needing to hear what it might be with the cut, or they're putting your cut. Okay, so my point is, like, if I had three different ways, I'd want to hear the music three different ways before I could decide which one worked best. But they obviously didn't need that. They did it because they nailed it each other. They're time. getting their cut right, but then they're also doing, editors use what's called temp music, which is temporary music. Mm-hmm. And they're pulling it from other shows. Um, so at one point there was a scene I remember watching and they had the Thomas Crown Affair score under the scene. The and original I, or the Pierce Brosnan? Let's, let's say original. I'm not, I'm not. The Steve sure. McQueen one? I'm not sure. Okay, go on. <laughs> I just on. know it said Thomas Crown on the audio file. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wish I were that encyclopedic. <laughs> Dude, uh, you don't really, you don't want to be inside this. No, part. I don't. <laughs> no, it's no fun. Go on. And I watched the scene and I, and I, and, and. Steve and I were talking and, um, and he said, what do you think? And I said, well, I thought we were making a comedy and he goes, we, we are. I said, the music's telling me this is very serious. And I kind of want to laugh at that slit throat or at least 
sort of laugh at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Like, well, how would you do that? And so I sent him a piece of music and he's like, oh, I get it. Okay. Because as long as I've done this, Cliff, yeah, it's still magic to me. It's still magic that I can pick a few chords and shift a scene. And it's not the, it's not power. It's just like, it's kind of out of my hands, but the magic of music under media is what keeps me so enthralled to this day. It's, it's channeling really. I've always found anything you're doing, you sit down it's like, are the music gods going to speak to you? And uh, if they do, you know, you're like, well, I don't know how that happened. Well, how did you write? I'm, you know what? I don't, I'm not totally sure. <laughs> but, but not only that, just tonally what it can do, you know? And it's, mm. you know, it's the, when it's, it's crazy, like to this day, right? You remember 1986, if I named a song, you would remember if you were making out in, a, in the yes. back of a truck or not, right? 100%. How does it do that? Sense memory. Emotes and yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you, I have, I have a philosophy about this. I believe music is like math, the universal language. It is built on math. Everything in theory is mathematic. Everything that we write that you put on a on a, on a staff is, is mathematic. It's math. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like with math and tones, that's the universe. It's it's sound and numbers. So sound and numbers, music is the closest thing to the visceral soul experience. That's my and, philosophy. And, and further mind-boggling about numbers, this is going to turn into a whole different podcast. That's okay. Go, go, go. I told you we could. You have no idea what kind of podcast this end of, ever ends up being. <laughs> Sexy sax man, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, film is about numbers, right? Yes. It's how I do my job is I sync with a certain time code and I say, I want this is going to be a certain number of feet and frames of film. And they'll say, oh, this scene's too long by about seven frames. And they'll cut those seven frames and it changes the entire scene or let's add 10 more frames. And it changes my music. It changes, like if I increase the tempo by five BPM, you're going to feel a little more frenetic. If I let off 5 BPM, you're going to feel a little more relaxed. So math, dude. And I was suck at math. Yeah, it's in but it's embedded. We don't have to know it. It's like, you know, mandalas. Right. They just float in front of our eyes. We're like, oh, that's kind of sacred, perfect geometry. I don't know why that makes sense to me. And that's what music does. I, I want to say this. I don't, I'm talking a little too much because I really love you and I want to share stuff. But the, when I was in this, program in sixth or fifth grade uh they it was a music program so they they showed us dracula with bella lugosi and mm -hmm. they showed it with the music mm -hmm. you know first and he's running through the city with his cape and then they showed it without the music and it's an it's a dude running around with a cape and it's hysterical and that was the moment where i was like music stands alone film doesn't you're describing like every tuesday when i get the flash or supergirl or you know, and I turn the music off so I'm not in, you know, told what to do by the temp track. Um, it's people running around in costumes. And that's what the magic yes. of music is. Whether I put it there or someone else puts it there, it brings to life. Or it or it doesn't necessarily bring to life. It just makes it feel oddly. It makes normal. it real. It makes it real. But then we never see people running around with a soundtrack behind them. Well, why does that work? Because we want it to. We don't. We want soundtracks in our life. And by the way, before I forget, I want to mention, you had t uh, said a couple of times about temps. I've been hearing that now your score is the temp that's going around town and all these other different shows. Well, that's flattering. That's have you flattering. not heard this? Because the number of times I've had to, uh, you know, <laughs> get legally close to ripping off Thomas Newman, I'm flattered. <laughs> Someone else have that, have that uh, 
death-defying feat. That's terrifying. <laughs> now, I, I have to jump back for a moment because, you know, our, our second homies will be upset if I don't at least ask you about you. Because you is just, you know, one of those Me? rare... Sh- yeah. I mean, no. I, I'm having a good time. No, no, no. The, the show. The yeah. show, Blake. The show you. See, this is what my attorney and I did all the time. He would have to, he finally got to where he'd call and say, hey, we need to talk about Y-O-U. We had to spell it out. Okay, so you just did that joke on me, by the way. Bravo. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, sir. You. Thank you, Maestro. It's, it's worked for two years. <laughs> got me good. <laughs> so, I, I, first of all, I, I, do you know everything you're going to do at, at this point? Is, is a better than average chance it's going to catch on? You know, because you really stuck with the culture. No, yeah. We had no idea. In fact, Greg called me and he said, we're going to do something very dark. You know, he, he was, he, I've been following his footsteps. So what he was known as, I became known as. And so for a while he was the family comedy guy. And then he was, well, he's family drama. Then he was family comedy. Then he became superhero guy. And then he's like, we're going to do something dark. I'm like, dark, dark. He's like, dark, dark. We're going to follow a stalker and we're going to see if we can make the audience like the stalker more than the victims. Which is a great experiment, right? But it's 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 a risk. Um, so how do you decide on that? Like, so what are they saying they want for this score? You know, as you're walking into this? Well, at this point, Greg and I, when you started, we we're 16 years into our relationship and probably 30 series. And... Uh, and he just said dark and I just ran with it. And they sent me the the opening scene up to the credits. It's the, the first teaser. And I tried this thing and I was playing with and I tweaked it and brought him over. I go, too dark? He goes, no, nope. you can go darker if you'd like. Ooh. Yeah. Did you? Did you? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I saw, then when I saw the rest of the episode, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Hammer to the head? Sure. We can go a little darker. That's actually a track, Hammer to the Head. Well, I mean, and by the way, I, you call him Greg Berlanti. I call him the modern-day Aaron Spelling. This guy is the king of TV producing. I don't think there's anyone doing what he's doing. No, and, and it's funny you call him that because I don't call him anything but Greg Berlanti because there's no one like him, actually. So there are comparisons made, sure, but, I mean, 22 shows on the air in one year? Is that how many? Okay, so he is the one and only then. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. it's. And it's insane. It's insane. Yeah, that it, really is. So now there was at one point it was about uh, it was about eight years ago where I said um, we had a meeting. I said, look, dude, I love you to death. You're my brother. I'm fine if you meet some other composers. I can't do it all. And he has he's expanded. But um, he has two shows, man, 22 shows. It, that's it. Well, it's, you know, and, and it shows it's about a team, right? It's about building a team. He's got Sarah, he's got you, he's got all these people that he works with. And I have a team now. I have a team. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, well, I have to. There's no way you could do it all, right? Yeah. But uh, flight attendants, funny. There are people saying, no, I want to do it. I want to do it. I'm like, nah, this no, I got that one. It'll be fun. <laughs> so, wait, so, so you have been, by the way, congratulations on season two already. Thank you. That's a great Christmas treat. Doesn't suck, right? So, are you already diving in now? No, no, no. They've got to, they've got to write it. They've got to, I have, I have no idea when they're starting it. Okay. So you just know what's happening. And, uh, so, so you actually have, uh, some, some off time now. A little, well, I had nine months off. Well, except you, for, no, I literally, I usually get three months off in the summer. It's our mm-hmm. high for TV where I'll do either like a documentary or a film. And, um, but I had a good, good stretch during pandemic as we all did. 
Uh, flight attendant we did October to de- September to December. And so I have a little bit of time off, and then we start, they're slowly starting back into all of the other shows, which have been, you know, quarantine filming. Right. So now you're going to start getting the cuts. Yes. Yes. So there's really no rest. There's, there's rest. There's more this year. Well, yeah. I mean, okay. So you're right. So, all right. So let me ask you this. Do you have a passion project? Because, I mean, you're so damn busy. You know, I mean, I, I read somewhere you're working with your son now, which is like my dream. Oh, he, it's fun. We're trying yeah. to find the thing. We thought we had a, we thought we were doing this, uh, show together and then it got, it got ditched. Um, we did some stuff together and he, he's fun cause he is so like me personally. Mm-hmm. And so unlike me musically, but, yeah. uh, I've got him, I mean, I've got him making beats for me on, uh, all American. Um, so we're looking for something to do together. And my yeah. daughter actually works on Supergirl. Or not just on Supergirl. She works with the the head, the showrunner that also does Supergirl. So she's in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, my Amazing. past project I got to do during pandemic, which was I wrote a ballet that premiered with the Washington Ballet. So that was a huge passion project. Okay, what well, what's it called? Please tell us about this a little bit. Uh, I connected with uh, one of the choreographers for the Washington Ballet because they'd used a piece of mine for their virtual gala, which I wouldn't have seen if there hadn't been a pandemic. Um, And I just reached out to him. We became pen pals and it was July. And I said, I'm bored. I'm sure you're bored. Do you want to try to write a ballet together? And he says, let me get back to you. And he went to the artistic director, Julie Kent, and she said, actually, I have a thing we're going to do. We're going to be online this year for our um, performances and we're going to film them. So if you guys want to do it, and it just like suddenly we're doing this ballet together. Um, they film it. It premiered October 23rd on what's called Marquee TV. Wow. Uh, and I mean, that was that was a huge thing. Wait, what's it called? Is there a... It's called Forbidden Endearment. Forbidden Endearment. In ballet, it's on Marquee TV. Yet another streaming service, but if you're if you like the arts, it's a good one. So, so J- Linda Hazelberry, who happens to be Jason's mom and mom. a wonderful person, <laughs> my mom, sexy sex guy. Is it your mom? <laughs> yeah, that's his mom. This one. Yeah, she's the best. And Linda says she's loved you. What you do? His tracks since the Mentalist. The Mentalist. That was a a nice little gig, huh? Oh wow, that was a fun show. I mean, what you get? How many years? Ten? What was that? Eight. <laughs> It went seven. Yeah, I mean, might as well have been ten. You know, it's, the funny it's, thing about the mentalist. Yeah, the uh, the end of season six. Mm-hmm. Your mom will enjoy this. Uh, the end of season six, we thought was it. It was over. CBS was like, "You're done." Bruno wrote this incredible finale. Uh, it even ends with the two characters. You know, the threes company that stayed apart the whole time. Mm-hmm. It, it ends in a slow motion kiss. I do the big swell. I recur, reprise our theme one last time. We all have champagne. Thanks for a great series. Two weeks later, season seven's picked up. <laughs> Wait, where do we go now? <laughs> See, Linda, we did that for you. <laughs> After on moonlighting, you're like, we 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 were good. Just sleep with each other. Call the series. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Get more composers. I'm okay with it, man. 
Well, Blake, I can't. So for the flight attendant, HBO Max, watch this show. It's one of my favorites this year, and you know this, Jason. I, I I've now watched oh. it twice. So because of your wow. appearance, well, it's your appearance. I wanted to go back through the score and really see what I didn't hear. Oh, you guys are awesome. I'm I'm thrilled that it's caught on like this. I've never seen something blow up like this. I mean, we've had some hits, but uh, this one's got a lot of hits, buddy. And this one is just uh, another oh, one. The charts. Yeah. That's and great. by the way, yes, your theme song is awesome. Thank you. Oh my god! That. Oh, you hear that? Don't get a big head. That's not a raise. That's just you no, did good. Not a raise. <laughs> um, well, then this has been really awesome. I wanted to say two, one quick thing besides how much we love you. My mom is um, still hitting on you through the the chat. Um, it's not your mom's not always hitting. She's just being nice. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's my mom. I know. I know. I know. Flirting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I just want to tell you how much I love your website. Like it is cool, great, well set up website for all oh, your music cool. and all your stuff. You did a, It's like really cool, like interesting and useful at the same time. Like I don't see a lot of websites like that for this kind of anything. And I go through a lot of this shit. So I just wanted to compliment you on that first. And then thank you. I did not do it. Uh, my manager put me in the direction of two guys that were amazing at doing it. And it all started because my website before this was to quote him. So damn confusing. <laughs> well, they, you, you hired the right people. And then um, I do want to play you out like, and you can stay for us while we listen to it, but I do want to play the, um, we're going to, we're going to end you with the opening credits. If that's okay. You're going to end me with me? Yes, yeah. we're ending you with you, the Andrew Lloyd Webber of TV, <laughs> as Linda said. There's no one Look, like Blake Jason, Neely. Thank you so much. I'll come back thank anytime. It's so much fun. You're so welcome anytime, please. Anytime. Happy holidays. Thank you, Happy thank holidays. you Blake. You too. Happy holidays to your whole family. What you're getting. So cool. I love that video. That's what she's doing the whole show, really. Yeah, I just, yeah, that, it's like that, 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 the way that sounds, yeah. That's some Mark Ryan shit. And here comes my favorite sequence. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good move. Badass. That end, yeah, that. Really good. Thanks, brother. Thank you Thanks, so guys. much, Blake. Thanks, Blake. Congratulations Have a wonderful holiday. You too. Thanks so much. Good grammar. That's, that's so good. He's so good. Oh my God. He's amazing. Yeah. And he may, you know, whenever you talk to someone who's really just one of the greats at what they do, they always make it sound so easy. I know. <laughs> they make it sound like it's like, yeah, I just I did this well, thing. That's because people yeah. like that who make it look so easy do so much of the hard work in the front foreground to make it feel like that's the whole thing. In order to make something look easy, you have to put a lot of effort into it. Um, a yeah. lot of hard work first. Agreed. And, and that shows across the board, but I, I, the flight attendant though, to me is a, is just a monster. And, yeah. and I really do think it, it's got an equal amount to do with everything. Like the score is equally in there with the writing and the performing and because it carries the show. So that was, and just to talk to him about this whole, I didn't realize your mom was such a fan. 
Yeah, that, well, that's the whole thing. Oh, like, you're just surprised I knew who he was. I was like, no, I know what. I, I'm just surprised that you did that so blatantly. Um. <laughs> See, this is what it's like to have to be me with my. This is this is just a little 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 touch of what it's like to have me as a kid or a brother mm. or a cousin or an uncle. It's no wonder. I get invited to some things, but not everything's. And mm. mostly they just want me to send a gift <laughs> and keep off the video. Um, so, okay. So, um, first of all, yeah, you know, I know you can do that, that was really easy. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I want, before we get into what we are supposed to do next, which I know okay. we're supposed to do, it reminded okay. me of a couple things that'll help me get there. Um, the first thing is we, we didn't ever deal with this show and it's probably on your watch list it might still be on your watch list but it really when we were talking it reminded like there was a point of this thing that reminded me of this that i wanted to play a little bit of because it just made me laugh when you guys were talking everything's a drum everything's a drum (laughs) this was the only one of these things that made me laugh so this is a new show like a new uh Australian, uh, it's this new Australian show, uh, on Netflix and, uh, they just do this thing. And when you guys were talking about it, it's all percussion instruments. This is the first thing that came to my mind. The funny part about this thing is when they realize and something doesn't hit as a drum, they have to stop. The whole belief system falls apart. It's like a cult. If everything's a drum, Jason... Hey, you know, it's our last episode before the holiday. Yep. I'm going to milk it a little bit. A drum. His hand is bloody from pitching the there, there it is. The pot does not make any noise and it freaks everybody out. This pot is a drum? Nope, no noise. He's pot makes in the noise. pot. The other guys, the whole world's crumbled. The whole world crumbles. Broden, what the fuck? <laughs> you were just playing it wrong. When you came to me 15 years ago, you told me that everything, everything was, a, was drum. a drum. Everything is a drum. drum. I left my wife. I let you drum on my penis. Enough now, brother Mark. No more lies! No more excuses! <laughs> He's still trying to hit the pot. The pot is not oh, a- no, I got it. Oh, so yeah, so that's that's what I was doing while you guys were talking about really cool things. In it's like head, everything's a drum, everything's well, a drum. You know, and it's like even my bum bum's a drum, but you know what? I what? used to keep that drum drum soft soft so it doesn't ow ow my, my bum bum when I slap slap it for as a drum drum. This is why people don't like men. What are you, you going to talk about me undies? Is that what you're going to do? Yeah, how do you keep your drum drum? How do you keep your drum drum warm? Yeah, how do you keep your drum drum warm? Why don't you tell me? Well, the way I do it is the way I keep it soft. Or you know, I I think of it as the skin of a of a finely tightened snare drum. Mm. I use the I use the soft woody softness of uh of me micromodal micromodal which comes from. Uh, the place where the first drums were made, the, the beechwood forest. Beechwood tree. <laughs> Sustainable beechwood trees. They turn pulp to yarn into, into drums. Everything's a drum. <laughs> and by the way, 
I would say, I would even go as far to say if that, if you're wrapping your drums before you put them in the padding, you might <laughs> buy me undies to wrap your drums in. That's right. It's not That's the right. worst idea. And you get the membership, $19.99 a month. You could just get monthly drum wraps. Yeah, you can. Just wrap your drums. Um, my mom didn't, I don't know why she'd want to post this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call her out because it's really funny. She wrote, uh, she sent me a, a little note on the side that said, uh, if everything's a drum, it would put a whole new twist to the song, beat it. Linda Hazelberry, ladies and gentlemen. And by the way, when I'm not going to use, I'm not going to use "beat it" in, in, to walk back into Me Undies. What I am going to say is, just go to MeUndies.com, offer code Stuck, you get 15% off. There's free shipping. If you don't like this stuff, don't send it back. But they'll give you the money back, which I don't think has like ever happened. No, 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 no. They'll they'll give you the money back. I mean, I'm sure people have tried to game the system, and they probably just took all that money they saved and got returned just to buy more meundies under a different name. It's it's like a it's like one of those check bouncing scams where they like just they cash in their meundies to buy more meundies so they can afford more meundies. It's all about meundies. So again, meundies.com offer it's codes. About meundies. Duck. I want to talk about me. Want to talk about me. Want to talk about meundies. So I, I, I should have known going into today that it was going to be a musical episode. I mean, Blake was here. Yeah. I, I did not even correlate that Jason is going to be on a free-for-all with music. And because it's a music episode, we have Blake. Yeah. All right, you, what yeah. do you want to do? Wait, your son is me. Your son my is bum is on my undies. Little uh, callback to Tom Green back in the day. My, my bum is on the undies. The undies. Well, I did want to show one more thing I was thinking about when you guys were talking. Like, I, and this is all content-based, but it, you know, when we talk about people that have soundtracks, it actually brings me back to a movie that if you haven't seen, I wish you would, because it's a good movie. Will um, No, actually, this is a much older movie um, that kind of gets ignored called I'm Going to Get You Sucker. Uh, it was Kim and I the intro into... This is the intro before they did uh, Living Color. This is the first thing they really did. This Chris Rock has a little spot in this. But this is just the end. So at the end of this movie, they all win. But um, Yo, Jack, what's up, man? they oh, meet up with KRS-One. Jack, who are these guys? That's my theme music. Every good hero should have some. So that's the idea. The, 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 the whole joke is because one of the other characters in the movie had a had theme music. Like he walks around and the, his music plays behind him, and it's like all jazz stuff. But when he comes up, he gets his uh, he gets his KRS One theme music. So some people do. Some superheroes walk around with their theme music. But that was a running joke through the whole thing that I've always remembered. Like that uh, that uh, that movie that was like actually made a comment into that same effect that you guys were talking about. Like who what superheroes walk around and music's always playing? Well, I'm gonna get you, sucker. Let me tell you, I was talking about uh, the Jim Jarmusch one, uh, the, the Dead Don't Die, yeah. that I just, I'm late to the party on, which is amazing. But they do the exact uh, similar thing. But they, they play the theme song in the in the cop car, and Bill Murray's like, why does this song sound so familiar? <laughs> right. And Adam Driver goes, because it's the theme song. 
<laughs> and, and they just keep driving and you hear the theme song play. And it's uh, this Sturgis person. But saying, yeah, this is hysterical stuff. So wait, do we, I mean, is there even any new, there's no entertainment. Is there anything going on? Um, I feel like everything's oh, shut down. Well, there is, there is one big thing that is going on. So that would have been um, a good walk into me on these. Oh yeah, there's one big thing going on. My undies. Brooklyn Nine. Oh wait, I think actually that's not a my me undies joke. That would actually be a. Hold on one sec. Um, that would be a D's nuts joke. Like something's going on D's. D's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Again, why people don't like men. <laughs> Please continue. So you were saying there's one big thing. There's one a big one. Big things actually, but the 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 biggest one, I think that. Um, that see, every time I say it, there's actually three things I want to talk about. Okay. Three new shows that are coming out. First of all, um, uh, the the new season of Letterkenny is coming out, and I know we haven't talked much about this show, but it's a Canadian show with a lot. It's like a very verbal kind of improv show that my wife, every time it's on, she wants to kill me because it's just like Canadian, Canadian, and it's like a it's a it's a ping pong of a show. If you've ever watched it, it's a lot of like play on words kind of show it's like a lot of like improv games but it's about this uh little town in um called Letterkenny with like a few people in like uh the the like you fall around like the the toughest guy in the city and he fights people and they play hockey and it's it, but it's a very simple fun show but it's a very popular one it's on its ninth season out of Canada so the new season drops in the United States on the 26th um and mm -hmm. I'm very excited for that it's on Hulu it's a very good show um well I guess it's a very good show for a very specific type of people but if you are into stuff that um you know like if you're into sitcom stuff it's it's fun and there's no laugh compare it to a lot of people compare it to Shit's creek but i wouldn't mm -hmm. um but it's got that kind of lighter feel um it's it's three guys and there's always a little there's always a fight at the end or a hockey game and it's dirty um but it's a funny dirty canadian show that I um I, I feel like it was about wrestlers uh, oh no no it's yeah because because there's always a fight in it like and they all Absolutely. look like hillbillies. They all look like rednecks, but they're all Canadian, and so they, there's there's always choring to do. They yeah. uh, talk about their dogs. It's it, it almost feels like it would be a Republican show, but it is not. It is not a conservative show. It's a very much a just a neat kind of down home kind of fun show. Mm -hmm. um, but I recommend t taking a look at it. Um, I would play some of it, but my wife will kill me because she'll hear it. Um, okay. Then so that's number one. That's coming out on the twenty sixth. And like I said, uh, rural Ontario is bringing the bringing the heat. But the thing that probably a lot of people are waiting for is um, one of two things. Soul, Pixar's Soul. Mm -hmm. Which is that's dropping. Christmas. That's dropping on Christmas Day. That's going to that's gonna play uh, on Disney Plus on Christmas Day. Um, that's the brand new Pixar movie um, about the guy who, the jazz player who dies and it becomes a soul. And I, I don't know what the story is beyond that because I haven't really given it away and I haven't wanted to read it, but Pixar. same guys who made Inside Out and a lot of the bigger, better Pixar movies. So I'm Can't very excited wait. about that one. Can't wait for that. Yeah. Man, soul, Pixar. Soul, soul yeah, Pixar. That's all I need to hear. I'm a lumberjack and that's okay. That's right. That's right. Watch Letterkenny, guys. There's eight seasons and it is, it is strangely addicting. It also is very meditative. Um, and then the next one that's probably on a lot of people's radar, especially the ones listening to us, um, Wonder Woman, yeah. 84. Friday, Christmas right? Day. Or yeah. actually Thursday night. Thursday night, Christmas, yep. Yeah, Christmas Eve or uh, or Friday midnight, morning. Midnight, yeah, midnight Eastern time. Yep. Yeah. So that's, on, yeah. That's, that's going to be big. I mean, even if you don't like it, it's got to, you know. I mean, I mean things. it's the one of only a very few uh, superhero movies that have come out this year. 
and specifically one of the bigger, more um, anticipated ones, mm-hmm. and probably the biggest movie to come out this year outside of Tenet, you know, technically. I mean, really? Tenet? Well, I mean, if, if, if in a normal year, if if this would be probably, it would be Tenet would be that big tentpole July movie that everybody's thinking of. If if we right. only counted the things that actually released, right? Not right. counting everything that right. um, could have come out, but uh, that had actually released. Tenet was probably the biggest thing technically. But this, I think, to me is bigger. And it's going to, I mean, it's going to do better because there's going to be so much more people watching it. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, listen, any, uh, first of all, most things are going to be better than Tenet. Uh, almost everything. Second of all, uh, you know, even if this is crap, which I'm not expecting much at all from Wonder Woman 1984. Um, what's interesting is HBO Max just released the uh, all seasons of the Wonder Woman series with Linda Carter mm. today, I think, or last night or something like oh, that. Oh, did they? Yeah, they just dropped them. I mean, you know, just... Wonder Woman, um, Linda Carter is who I based beauty on as in the, like uh, every, everybody in my, every woman, no, no, this is why they hate men. But when I, this, this this reason, this, this episode is the reason uh, women hate men. No, what I was going to say is like growing up as a kid and you know, like when you start to like build what attractive, like what attractive is in your head, Mm -hmm. Linda Carter was that person exactly specifically like she Wonder Woman, superhero, you know, Linda Carter is that person for me. Yeah, so like, there's no, there's no question. Like if you were like to go like, like even if I were to go back through a million different things, be like Linda Carter is the prettiest woman ever to live. I wonder if Gal Gadot or Gadot, I think it's Gadot. Gal Gadot is that for these kids. I wonder. I mean, it was always that fun thing. Like she was just like this superhero, but like crazier, like just bigger than life magic. Um, I no. agree. Listen, I, I loved the show. I loved her. Um, you know, I mean, listen, I think it was part of, I did not, you know this, we've talked about this. I am not a fan of Wonder Woman, the, the first one. I thought I'm it was. Uh, you're with me on that? That was yeah. super boring. It was super boring. And, and the ending sucked. And made no sense. I mean, Chris Pine's riding into that thing on a horse. Where's he hiding the gun when he's going past right. the people? Like, come on, man. Just, right. just well, it doesn't make sense. And we don't need, you know, and it's, it's still another one of those movies where the, the, the hero can't, doesn't get to be the hero. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's not Man a proactive thing. Somehow, right? Yeah. Like he, he makes the ultimate sacrifice, not her, because that's what men do, right? Right, right, exactly. Um, that was frustrating to me, honestly. I agree. Listen, I, I had a lot of issues with it. And Gal Gadot's a great, you know, she's a star. I don't, you know, it's nothing really to do. But here's a question, though. Are you going to go see her? And like, you know, when you watch her in the Fast and the Furious, which again, is not a real movie, you know, what's a real movie that she's in that's, you know, and again, I don't know, but, and I'm not saying she hasn't done one in the past. I'm not saying she has. I, I don't know. What I am saying is that I, I don't know right now if she could do one where it's like, is she really that good an actor? Yeah. You know what? I, I don't know. I, I think she does good in this role as much as there's a role there for her to do. And I'm trying to, I'm looking through her like most notable sh- movies and it goes Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, Justice League, Justice League, Batman versus Superman, Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious. And then we get to Keeping Up with the Joneses, which I vaguely remember. That's the John, John Hamm. Hamm. Yeah, it's uh, pretty good. It's good. good in it. It's fine, but I don't, but it's so like not memorable. Like I don't remember her being great or bad. Like right. um, I know I remember Isla right. Fisher being really funny. Um, I remember, Always. you know, that kind of stuff, but I don't think I, I don't know if that I know. And then the next thing is Death on the Nile, which I haven't seen. 
um, and Red Notice, which seems like they could be two act more actory type shows, but I've, I haven't seen either of those things. Right. Though you, oh, Red Notice hasn't been out yet. Death on the Nile is the only that would be the next one on this list. Right. So what's interesting is that we're not seeing someone who's even taking chances. Here's the thing that I have: if you don't, I don't know why Marvel does it, and I don't know why if Marvel does it, which is a mistake, why the actor doesn't do something about it. If you Wonder Woman doesn't have an accent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so either don't cast someone with an accent, you know, and then if they're like, no, we're going to cast someone with an accent, then as an actor, learn how to lose your accent, mm. whether it's British, whether it's American, you know, whatever it is, make it American because that's what Wonder Woman is. Mm. And they're like, oh, well, well, it's more international. Go ahead. No, interrupt me and tell me something technically, I want to learn. She's, she's technically Greek. Right. In the show, she's an Amazon with, and she's kind of connected to the Aries and all the Greeks. Right. There's this island. Right. It's the, the Amazonians. Um, but there's no no one else has accents there. Well, that's what I mean. And that's where the problem is. But like, I understand why they picked her. And it was actually a decent you know, choice. What? She's actually kind of a, you know, you know, I it, she's not Greek. She's Israeli. Right. She's, yeah. she, um, you know, but you line up with somebody that's a little more olive skin, a little more Mediterranean, which is where you want to go with that. But I wish mm-hmm. they had kind of played into that a little bit more, made it a Greek aisle and like really like, you know, did it all the way through. Yeah. Don't put Robin Wright in there or whoever is the, uh, you know, the great white hope, you know, right. like, like let's have Viola Davis, in. let's yeah. have, you know, like put real people in there would be on that freaking Island. Well, you know, and, and I, I, I mean this in a little bit of a jest, but also kind of serious, like if, if you or go all Israeli, right? Like you have some amazingly strong, every woman in Israel has to join the military, right? Yeah the badasses across so there's a whole bunch of badass israelis that you could use as extras and as amazonian just hire out a brigade of fucking israeli women and make and just go all in make that the island so then when she's at least now at least there's a a basis in you know grounding in this idea of character why this accent is all the people have their israeli accent on the amazonian island now she comes here now she's her accent okay it's normal yeah, yeah, because she's a badass, and that's what they fucking the way they fucking talk over there. Yeah, I don't know why they haven't figured this out, or they just don't care, which is another thing that bothers me. Yeah, care well, they, for that kind of money. Yeah, you know, and it's one of those things where it's like the idea of um, trying to create a, and it's and it's a very minor. It's the the, the lowest rung of uh, inclusivity, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the bottom rung of it. An accent differentiates this person from a white woman, right? Like, go all in. If you're going to go diverse, go full on. Yes. Make it all that way. Don't half measure it and then and and think that that's placation. It just makes it look. Then it becomes a plot hole, right? And it becomes and right. It's always incongruent. There's yep. nothing congruous about you doing that. You haven't based it in story and character in anything. You're just like, no, nope, we just cast an Israeli girl. Who, by the way, that's great. Right, right. Just go. Then then Back go. Pop, up. Pop, you're not committed. Go all in with it. Because, I mean, on all honesty, I'm very impressed with my idea right now. I would. I, I think it's the best idea I've ever heard like, as far just, as get a, whole, get a whole bunch of Israeli women that are, like, from the military because they're going to be strong. They're going to be badasses. They're going to know yeah. what they're doing. They're going to look the part, you know, whether they're in the, the Amazonian outfits or whatever. But make it, like, take some people that know what they're talking about that can grab Maga the shit out of stuff and yeah. go. Does, does Wonder Woman in the um, comic have a sister? Yes. Yes. And did they, they're not using it in 1984, right? I don't think so. I think that, um, I don't know exactly how they're going to be doing I haven't, honestly, this is one of those ones. I'm going to watch it because, like, it's 2020 and this is the closest yeah. to a movie I've gotten since Freaky. But um, You're right. that's totally recent. Well, here's my suggestion for casting her sister. 
Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Nev, Neve, uh, Nev of who from Tehran. Oh, she's amazing. She That'd should be, be Gal Gadot's sister. Yeah. Oh in, yeah. In Wonder Woman three. So yeah, I don't know if they had her Atlas, sister in the Richard first one. I don't remember, but that's amazing. That's a great idea. Right. Yeah, absolutely. She's got a sister. Yep. Let's let's build that up. And, yeah, the, and using the whole. And you're right. I'm looking through the other characters that are um, are uh, just in Wonder Woman 1984 and our yeah. other like uh, Amazonians, and it's some lady named Connie Nielsen who's like the whitest redhead. Robin Wright, uh, Robin Gabrielle Wright, yeah. Gabrielle Wild. Um, like I'm not even 100 percent sure the kid that played her young Gal Gadot is not a white woman too. Like that's what the fuck. <laughs> I, I don't know. She might be. I, she's a kid. I don't. I don't know. So I can't. Yeah, say, but what but the fuck? That we haven't what? seen. What we haven't got to talk about in a little while. Who I will say, if you haven't gotten a chance to watch this movie or this show on HBO Max, you should. But Ravi Patel's in this. Oh, Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. He's great. And so, if you haven't watched Meet the Patels or his Pursuit of Happiness show on HBO Max. Watch that instead of fucking Wonder Woman. Then go back and watch Wonder Woman. Maybe he's you in have Wonder time. Woman? Yeah, he's in it. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, yeah. good. So that's something to look forward to. Um, so you, listen, we're we're winding up, right? I mean, done, guys. Listen, <sighs> it's holidays for some of us. Some of us, it's just another day along with eight other days. Um, but uh, I just want to wish everybody a happy holidays. Yes, we will be back on Monday. Uh, Cliff and I will be doing a talk tomorrow on stereo at around 1.30 that we'll post about um, Barack Obama's um, favorite movies and TV shows of uh, 2020. So we'll be doing that. Um, I'm, spoiler alert, I got a lot of movies to watch because, again, <laughs> where the fuck are they finding all these movies? Yeah. Um, but uh, but we're going to go over that on stereo. So if you got a chance, to, haven't got the stereo app yet, go get the stereo app. Follow me, Starburns Audio, or... Cliff over at Cliff Dwarfman and, 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 and listen to the show. We have a lot of fun over there. You can ask us questions. You can give your opinions. Um, and we normally have a good group of people over there that are doing that stuff. Um, and then maybe this weekend we'll do something, but otherwise um, we'll see you back on Monday. We have a really great guest that I'll, uh, we'll, we'll put out there for you on Monday, but um, this holiday season, um, just take care of each other and uh, fingers crossed. Yeah, to all our uh, stuck at homies, happy holidays, all the love and blessings that life has to offer, and uh, try to have uh, uh, the best one that you can have. So yeah, until right. then, right? Stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith. Dorfman, I love you, everybody. Yeah.